You know, just a few weeks ago, we might have laughed a little bit about the doomsday preppers. You know, these are the people that have like two years worth of canned goods in their basement ready to go. And we might have sort of thought that was a little funny, but in the last few weeks, uh, that's become a pretty common search on the internet. People looking for the lists of what doomsday preppers buy. And it might cost you about $10,000 to be ready for the next two years. But you know, if we have a zombie apocalypse or some kind of meltdown, you won't have to wrestle anyone to the ground for paper towels. You know, some people are always in what we might call survival mode. And all of us, in a way, over the past few weeks, have felt like this was a little bit like survival mode. Like we're thinking about how do I get through this process? I don't want to get sick. I don't want to go to the hospital. I don't want to die from some disease. And I don't want that to happen to anyone in my family. But it's been more than that, hasn't it? We've also been worried about whether we're going to survive financially. And maybe after everyone's at home for a few weeks together, you're worried about if you're going to survive relationally. We are in survival mode. And when we're in survival mode, the priorities change. It's about making it through. And so today I want us to begin a new series of lessons. And we're thinking a little bit about what survival mode looks like. And what we find out is we're not the first Christians to deal with this. In fact, Christians through the centuries have found themselves in similar circumstances, maybe not exactly the same, but facing some kind of threat, and they've been put in survival mode. In fact, we can look all the way back to the first century, and Christians who were really enduring all kinds of different struggles, and they were in survival mode. What do we learn from them? Over the next few weeks, we're going to be in the series that I'm calling Survival Mode, and we're going to look at one letter that we find in the New Testament. It's the letter that we call 1 Peter. And it was written by, not surprisingly, Peter. And Peter was an apostle of Jesus. He was a disciple of Jesus who followed Jesus. He, he's this man who, who was an early leader in the church and then wrote to the church that what we would call now Turkey in this large region, a group of churches that he wanted to talk about being in survival mode because they were facing persecution. Now, this was an area that was highly influenced by Greek culture, was under Roman rule, and they understood all that. But because they were Christians, they stood out from all of those people who were Roman citizens who were under the influence of Greek culture. And because they were different, they got attention and the attention wasn't good. And so suddenly they were facing persecution, the possibility of arrest, the possibility even of death, the possibility of people they loved being dragged away. And so how did, did Peter address these early Christians that in some ways were in survival mode? That's what I want us to think about. And think about what that teaches us today. This letter speaks across the centuries to us about what it means to live in maybe unique circumstances that we haven't experienced before as we find ourselves in survival mode. You know, when we're in survival mode, it's easy to lose hope because things are sort of shaking underneath us. Things that we've depended on for a long time are not as strong as maybe we once thought that they were. Our own health may be under threat. The health system is under stress. 
Things like our government, which seems so strong sometimes, and our culture, which seems strong, is under threat as well, and maybe shaking underneath us, challenged by an invisible enemy. And so we're forced into this situation with some of the things that we thought were so sure at the moment don't feel nearly as sure. How do we deal with that? How do we find hope when, when it feels like the things that made us feel secure are shaking and challenging the hope that we feel like should be there? Well, Peter dealt with that right at the beginning of this letter. And so what I want us to do is to, to hear what Peter was teaching these early Christians who were struggling to find hope under difficult circumstances. What did he say to them that speaks to us today? And so right at the beginning of the letter, Peter begins to deal with this issue of hope. And how do you maintain hope when you're in survival mode? Now, these early Christians, like us, were confident in a, a strong government. The Roman Empire was stronger than any empire, any government that had come before it, made roads that allowed for travel, the economy was strong, but suddenly the power of their government was turned on them. And that was a real struggle. They were facing the threat of death, as we talked about. And they were also struggling with another issue. They had decided to follow Jesus, this Jesus who had performed miracles, this Jesus who was very powerful, and they were beginning to wonder, okay, where is Jesus in the midst of all this? Can we depend on Jesus? Is he going to show up when we need him? Here's what Peter said to them. We find this in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Peter says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, Peter knew what they needed. In the midst of these challenges to their faith because of persecution and their questions about where Jesus was, what they needed was hope. And Peter offers them that hope. He says that they, they share in a new birth into living hope. They were, they were into something new. Their lives had been made new by the power of Jesus Christ. They had been offered forgiveness that they didn't have before. They were being offered a relationship with God that was not there before. They were, they were being offered to be made new. And that gave them hope. And that hope came from one central fact. And this was the most important thing in the life of the early church. This, this is what brought them together. This is what in some ways created the church, and it's this. Jesus Christ had been raised from the dead. Now, we might sort of think, I bet there were lots of people that claimed that they were raised from the dead in the ancient world. That, that's not true. It's not true that people expected someone to be raised from the dead then and somehow it's different now. They didn't expect that then any more than we do now. When people were dead, they were dead. But Jesus had been raised from the dead. And that fact changed everything. It confirmed everything that came before. All that Jesus said about himself, all the power that he showed, the very fact that he said he was the Son of God, 
the Messiah, was confirmed in the fact that he was raised from the dead. And that changed everything. It changed everything because it gave these people hope that this life is not all there is. That even if they face death, because of the persecution that was coming their way, there was the hope of life. And so whatever was happening in this life was never going to be the end. Peter offered them hope. It continues in verses 4 and 5. He's talking about the, the resurrection from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You know, last Sunday we celebrated Easter. You might call that Resurrection Sunday. And we come to this Sunday, the Sunday after Easter, and in many ways, we're understanding the meaning of that. And Peter is helping us see that. That resurrection being the central fact of the church led them to understand God was at work in them. That his shielding power was at work until the salvation that was to come. It is though Peter is pointing forward and saying, yes, there is persecution in the present. Yes, you feel like you're in survival mode, but that's not the end. He's pointing forward and saying, God is at work in you even now, shielding you. So God's at work now. That doesn't mean God's going to take all this away. That doesn't mean the persecution's going to magically end. But God's at work. And maybe he's going to shield you from all that today. And maybe what's more important is you may face death, but in the end, there is life. Because there is resurrection. He says it's a little bit like an inheritance. A little bit like something that you have been promised in the future. And in some ways for Peter, as you read through the rest of the book, this inheritance was already theirs. It, they already owned it. It was part of their belonging. And so they had hope that regardless of what happens in this life, and even in death, there is resurrection. We'll skip down a few verses and hear Peter sort of bring this together in verse 13. He says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, you're thinking this through. Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. You see, Peter is always pointing forward. It's never just about what's happening now. And it's easy for us to get caught up in what's happening Today, in the midst of this crisis, and in future times in our lives, whatever crisis comes our way, either personal or in the community, or even worldwide, like we're experiencing now, it's easy for us to get caught up in what's happening now. Peter points forward and says, Jesus is coming back. And in that moment, we will be raised from the dead. We will be given new life. And so whatever's happened before that, ultimately is so much less important than what is ahead. And what is ahead is eternal life. What is ahead is the inheritance that we've been promised. So the message for them was that God was at work and they could find hope. 
And the message for us today, we might put it this way, God's power leads to our hope. God's power leads to our hope. The only way that Jesus was raised from the dead was the power of God at work. That's the only way that death can be defeated. Death is the enemy of of the creation that is humanity. Death is the enemy of all that God has created. And, And in Jesus' resurrection, death is defeated. Now, not finally defeated because we're still going to face death, but it's sort of a a foretaste, a a looking forward, a foreshadowing of what is yet to come, that there will be the ultimate defeat of death. And so as we hear Peter speaking to these Christians who are facing a crisis that is different from ours, but nonetheless put them in survival mode in some ways like we are today, he points them forward and he says, in many ways, God's power leads to our hope. So today, how do we live in that hope? I think we have to begin with the resurrection. The resurrection was this fact that formed the early church, that brought them together, that made them who they were, that changed everything for them. Because you see, if there had only been the ministry of Jesus, if there had only been even his death, it would have ended there. We would never have heard of Jesus. But because he was raised from the dead... Again, it confirms what he said, and it brings to fulfillment all that he pointed forward to. And it allows us to see the future that is available to us, resurrection. And so we've got to focus, just like the early church did, on Jesus' resurrection. And so we begin to see that this is not all there is, that we too are looking forward just like they were. And even though not everything in this life is going to be exactly what we want it to be, we're looking forward to an eternity with God. So we begin with the resurrection. And then we're called to live God's way. Live in light of the resurrection. Recognize that God has called us to a different life. And that life really is the best life that we can live. A life of serving God is always better than a life of serving ourselves. So much of the world is interested in what can I get out of life today for me. And we are called to live in a different way. We're called to love God and to love others just as he has loved them. You know, if we look back in history, what we find is That when epidemics came, especially in the ancient world, when there was an epidemic, everybody in some of those ancient cities would run away trying to get away from it, trying to get away from those who were sick. And the people who stayed oftentimes were the Christians. Why would they stay? Because they were a people of hope. And they understood that even if they stayed and got sick, and even died, there was still hope, because there is resurrection. And if you look back in some of those stories, what you find is that many of the Christians still did survive, and and it became a witness to others what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And so we're called to live God's way and finally recognize God's presence. God is with us in this crisis just like he was with the ancient Christians as they first faced persecution, just like he has been with Christians throughout the past two millennia. 
God has been present. God has been present in the moments when things were just right. And God has been present in the moments when things were very difficult. When people were trying just to survive. And God said he was shielding these Christians. And he's shielding us today. Now it may be that one of us gets sick. It may be that I get sick. But God is still present. And God is still at work in my life and in your life. And God is pointing us forward to hope. And so we're called to be a people of hope. To be a people that show light and hope in a dark world. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. said it this way. We must accept finite disappointment. It's going to be there. But never lose infinite hope. And I love that way of putting it. We're going to face finite disappointment. And anything that happens in this life, even to me physically, even when I face death, is finite. But because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then we have infinite hope. God's power leads to our hope. So today... We continue in some ways to celebrate Easter because we're still pointing to the resurrection. But more important than Easter is just the simple fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. And because Jesus was raised from the dead, it changes how we understand life. God's power leads to our hope. Let's pray together. God, we're so thankful for the resurrection of Jesus that changes how we understand life and death and eternal life. And God, we look forward to the moment when, if you wait to return until after we're all dead, we will be raised up with those who've come before us and those who come after us, and we will spend eternity with you. God, help that be our ultimate source of hope. Prayed in Jesus' name. Amen.